last night here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we're going to continue our Bible study tonight on the Believer's Authority by Andrew Womack. <coughs> Excuse me, this, uh, my name is Dave Leffert. This is my wife, Sherry. And uh, we're looking forward to being on the Bible study tonight. We'll be in Chapter 6 tonight. If you have your books uh, titled God of This World, we kind of started it last week, but we'll we'll restart at the beginning because we just got a little little made a little dent in there. In there. So anyway, Believer's Authority by Andrew Womack tonight. And just so you know, <coughs> excuse me, all of our Bible studies are archived on our website, LighthouseDiscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we just thank you again for all of our financial partners who have uh, partnered with us financially with their ties and their offerings through our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. So again, we're in chapter 6 tonight, the God of this world. We, we, we've been talking about uh, Satan's inroads, and right now we're talking about the God of this world. Uh, well, it, it was, Satan was the God of this world. But at the same point in time, we've been talking about, we're going to get into it, how God gave authority to man. And then Adam, to the fall, gave that authority to Satan, to the fall. And he became the God of the world, and we'll find out a little bit later, that Christ took that authority back. And so, anyway, uh, I'm not going to steal the thunder. I'm just going to let the, the teaching uh, uh, explain all of this as we go forward. <coughs> so again, we're in chapter 6, and uh, God of this world, and uh, we're, uh, Sherry's going to read for us, she'll narrate, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. The Lord made Adam and Eve the gods of this world, little g gods. I have said ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High, Psalm 82, verse 6. In context, this was God creating man and saying to him, you are gods, this isn't gods in the sense of divinity but lowercase g gods in the sense of rulership we were given dominion power and authority over the earth since it is ours to rule and reign we were gods over this earth the heaven even the heavens are the lord's but the earth hath he given to the children of men psalm 115 verse 16. God literally gave the earth to mankind. The Creator gave us the power and authority to rule over this earth as if we were the Creator. We weren't THE Creator, capital C, but that's how much dominion He gave us. I believe that when Lucifer, still the sinless, perfect angel of God in the garden, sent to minister to Adam and Eve, saw the unconditional authority over the earth that God had given to man, he recognized an opportunity. Isaiah 14 reveals his thought process. O Lucifer, son of the morning, thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne over the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heavens, above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. Lucifer envied God. He wasn't content with being the top angel. He was je jealous and wanted God's position. But he couldn't just take that place with the delegated power he had been given. 
If he would have rebelled, that power would have been would have instantly been taken away and he would have been destroyed. However, he saw an opportunity with man because God had given Adam and Eve something that he had never given to the angels. An unconditional, no reservations or qualifications, no strings attached authority over the earth. Lucifer saw that if if he could get Adam and Eve to yield to him and rebel against God, then he could become the new God, lowercase g, of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. Even though the Bible hadn't been written down yet, Lucifer knew that the word of God was settled from the beginning, Psalm 119.89, and that the Lord never changes, Malachi 3.6. Therefore, Creation had always operated under God's unchangeable spiritual laws, which include, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? Romans 6.16 Understanding how God's kingdom works, Lucifer knew that if he could trick Adam and Eve into yielding to and obeying him, then he could become their master. Then he could take the power and authority that had been given to mankind and use it to begin thwarting the kingdom of God and start receiving the praise, adoration, and glory that he desired. That's how it happened. Okay, so we're talking about the God of this world. And uh, Andrew begins to start off by talking. He, he quotes two different verses from Psalm, Psalm 82, verse 6, and, and Psalm 115, verse 16, how when God created man, mankind, male and female. I have he says, I have said you are as gods and, and you and all of you are children of the most high. That's Psalm eighty two verse six and then Psalm one fifteen verse sixteen says, The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath hath he given to the children of men. <coughs> you know, even if you don't get get the whole concept of that uh, we were like God, lower G, not capital G no one is teaching that we're saying that we were the creator, or we were a God, a God, capital G. We're just, Andrew just quoting scripture here. But even if you don't like the term uh, lowercase lower g, God, you know, that's okay. I think you can still get the point with this, that God gave authority over the earth to mankind. And scripture brings that out. These are just two scriptures that talk about the authority we have, mankind had. But Satan, uh, in, in, in Isaiah 14, brings, it, brings out his thought pattern as well as some other scriptures. But Satan, uh, he wanted that power. He was jealous. He wanted to become greater than God. He wanted to thwart God's kingdom and to take that glory from himself. And so <coughs> he devised a, a plan to get that unconditional authority that God had given a man for himself. He was jealous. Satan, was, Satan, Lucifer, was jealous of the authority that God had given mankind. And he wanted that for himself. He wanted more than that. But for starters, that's what he wanted. And so, uh, so his plan through the fall was to get that authority and become the God of this world, the God of this age. Uh, by giving that unconditional authority that God had originally, in the genesis of all things, given it to mankind. Uh, and so that's 
I, I, I don't think there's a lot more for me to, to summarize there, but that's what took place. You know, we'll get we'll we'll, we'll we'll get into a little more deeper how we got that authority back. But we're talking about the believer's authority. We've been talking in the, in recent weeks about how we don't want to have embryos of the devil in our life. Now we're talking about where did this authority begin? God delegated, gave authority to man. And there's plenty of scripture that says God will not return, his word will not return glory. And God will not go back on his word. He will honor his word above his own name, the scripture says. And so when God gave authority to man, it wasn't he, he it wasn't it, it wasn't a dress rehearsal. He goes, No, 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 let's start over. Let's let's reverse this and that's not what I intended. That's not you know, it didn't work that way. You know, if I give you a gift, I can't tell you <coughs> how you can use that gift. If you want to give that gift to somebody else, you wanna throw it away, that's your prerogative. I can't tell you what to do with the gift. God gave authority to man. Man Deceived through, through Eve was deceived through, through through Lucifer, Satan, but man through the fall basically gave that birthright, gave that authority to Satan. Much like in a very similar case, how Esau had sold his birthright uh, to his brother Jacob. A very similar uh, uh, format. But at the same point in time, uh, anything you want to share? This is just a side note. Um, I'd actually thought of this last week, but I hadn't found the verse reference to share it. But just, just this, this whole concept of angels, and I, I don't want to go into a teaching on angels. They are real. They are God's messengers. Um, and yes, there are some bad ones. I mean, look at what Andrew's talking about, Lucifer turning into Satan. But my, my point that I wanted to bring out what is that angels are basically God's servants and they're they were put uh, I don't know if that's the right word they were sent to minister to humans that is where Andrew is uh, sharing uh, about how how Lucifer came came to be in the garden in the first place and his thought process that he's he's teaching us about why Satan went through the length he did to get the authority from mankind when, you know, he's supposedly this powerful angel. You have to realize that angels and, and mankind are two different species, so to speak, and angels are, are just sent to minister, um, but mankind was on purpose before for creation, God had this wonderful, perfect plan that would bring mankind not only into redemption, but into God's own family and to be created in his image, to be adopted into his family, to be given authority. And there's so much more I could go on. I really want to just preach Ephesians 1. But... Satan, just, you know, hear Andrew's heart. Satan can't attain to even coming close to God because of who he is. He, he's just an angel. Mankind was created in God's image. 
And yet there is a distinct difference between mankind and, and angels. And in fact, in 1 Peter, which is the verse that I was wanting to find last week, uh, was that mankind was given the gospel. Mankind was given salvation. And if you uh, read in the first chapter of 1 Peter, uh, in verse 12, that the verse ends with, it's talking about the, the preaching the gospel in the previous verses, but it ends in, in this in verse twelve. Things which angels desire to look into. Angels are curious about this gospel, but they didn't have a need. Angels were not created the, for the gospel or the gospel for angels, whichever way you want to want to say it, because only mankind can be the lowercase gods that God created us to be. Um, in fact, we have the authority, uh, if you can listen to Andrew and how he's teaching believers authority, that we actually have authority to command angels to go do things. Now, I, I'm not going to go into that teaching. I don't want to get off on that rabbit trail, and I feel like I might have opened a can of worms on that. But I just want you to see the difference in why Satan went to the great lengths he did to steal this authority um, and to deceive Adam and Eve to give him this authority so that he could be the lowercase God of this world is because he wanted to be God, but he can't even come close. He, he, no matter what he can do, he can be stripped of his whatever he was given as an angel, but this is the only thing that he can get, but... He is not one. Jesus has overcome the enemy. He has overcome the grave. Um, he took back the keys of, of, of the uh, uh, the keys of the kingdom. Is that what they're called? He took the keys. Sure. Yeah. Um, so so Jesus already has him under under his feet. Even back in Genesis, when God spoke to Adam and Eve and the and Satan after the the fall. He, he he told Satan that that he will be crushed under uh, a bruise under his uh, under the the offspring of, of the woman um, and, and it's just you know Satan's a liar and a deceiver that it's all we need to know and we have victory through Jesus Christ Sherry brought out, you know, uh, certain things uh, about angels, and you know, the angels can't preach the gospel. That's been given to us to preach the gospel. They're ministering spirits, and they they have their, but they're, uh, you know, and there's another verse that God has uh, made man a little, a little higher than the angels, and so you know, and so anyway, um, it just a. Uh, I think what we're trying to establish here, even though that all of this is good, it's really good stuff, is that we're trying to get the framework for believers' authority. Uh, this is kind of the backdrop to it. We haven't got to that yet. We're still, we're still before the cross here. We're still, we're even at the fall right now, and we're not even at the cross where God has redeemed that. And that's what I was kind of looking at. The key, there's 
Yes, we've been given the keys of the kingdom in Luke, I think, chapter 12 or whatnot, or 17. But it also said in the book of Revelation that, you know, Jesus took the keys of, uh, of the grave. Yes. And uh, uh, I think of hell. Uh, I, I was going to look at the terminology of that. Okay, so that's what she was asking. There's two different kinds of keys. But uh, at the same point in time, you know, uh, whoever has the keys has authority. You know, I used to marvel uh, so many times. It seemed like almost every job I got growing up, I was eventually given the keys to that store or that company. Not everyone, but so many jobs. And there was a multiple, job, multiple jobs to my, my career, if you will, uh, that I've been given a lot of keys. I had two or three uh, actually, at least three jobs I can think of, I had a lot of keys, and uh, you know, and and some of these were major buildings. You know, uh, 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 I worked for the city of Brea, and I was given several keys for different buildings. And I just thought, yeah, you know, I was just thinking like kind of like a Spider-Man movie: with great power comes great authority. Uh, with great great power comes great responsibility. You know, and I was like. I have a key to this multi-billion-dollar building. <laughs> probably wasn't a billion, but it was probably close. Some of these buildings, you know, our retail store. I was given all the keys to the store or a school. And, and, you know, there's a lot. I got, I got, you know, whoever has a key has authority. He has, you know, uh, in a sense, has some authority. Now, I wouldn't, obviously, I have boundaries with those keys, and, and I, I couldn't misuse those keys. And, and different things, but uh, we're talking about believers authority and where did it come from, you know, some of us, some of us, the whole concept of us having authority as believers is foreign, you know, uh, we think there's two, two authorities, God and Satan, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of his dear son, and yes, it does come down to those two kingdoms, and yes, God is, Jesus is the king of all kings and lord of all lords, at the same point in time, God gave some authority to mankind. Satan stole that because he's out to kill, steal, destroy. He's a thief and he's a liar. And that's where, that's the part of the story where we're at. We're going to get to the better part, the new covenant where Jesus took the keys. And, uh, you know, he, he gave us the keys of the kingdom. And so, uh, we, and so... Uh, that's where we're at with this. And so I think we need to read a little further so we can put a little more meat on the bones here. So uh, uh, the, uh, the next section here is called Taking Hostage. When someone robs a bank, they sometimes take a hostage. A bank usually has all kinds of powerful, powerful security, locks, alarms, vaults, cameras, and armed guards. One person with a gun isn't really sufficient to go in and overpower all of that security. In spite of this, if the thief grabs a hostage and puts a gun to the hostage's head, the thief knows his or her demands will be met. The people who run the bank aren't willing to see a hostage killed just to protect some money. So one person with a gun and six bullets can challenge the far greater force of multiple guards with automatic weapons and several cartridges each. Technically, the thief shouldn't be able to overpower the security. But with a hostage, the thief is able to get away with the robbery. Satan knew he couldn't overpower God in a direct confrontation. However, he saw how God gave Adam and Eve an unconditional authority. If they, of their own free will, yielded to him, they would also transfer that authority over to him as well. As creator and owner, 
God could have come down and wiped out the world. He could have destroyed Adam and Eve, the devil, and all of the angels that rebelled. As creator, he had the right to do that and start over. Yet to intervene in the affairs of this world like that would have violated his word. He had given the dominion over this earth to Adam and Eve. He had given the power and authority to rule over this world to physical human beings. If God would have intervened, he would have violated his word, and the entire universe would have self-destructed because it's held together by the integrity of his word. Hebrews 1.3 For God to maintain his integrity and stand by what he had previously said, you have dominion, he had to give Adam and Eve their freedom. If they wanted to yield their authority and power over the earth to Satan, then technically it was their right to do so. God would have been unjust to come down here, destroy Satan, say Adam and Eve, don't do this again, and then redeem them. He couldn't do that and still be faithful to the word he had spoken over them. They had a choice. Lucifer saw how much God loved Adam and Eve. He met with them every day in the cool of the evening. Genesis 3.8 After creating the whole universe, billions and billions of, of galaxies, stars, and planets, God was bound to have other things to do. Yet he spent time with Adam and Eve every single day. So Satan gambled that God wouldn't come down and wipe out this creation that he'd made. Satan was using Adam and Eve as hostages to hide behind, saying, God, they gave me this authority. It was their choice. I didn't force them. Satan didn't come as a mammoth and put his foot on Eve's head. He didn't come and overpower them. The devil came with deception, and they willingly yielded to him. This is where his transgression took place, in the Garden of Eden. He used them like a hostage, saying, God, if you want to do anything to me, you'll have to destroy Adam and Eve too. They did this of their own free will. Due to God's great love for mankind, Satan was allowed to become God, little g, of this world. Instead of wiping this out and starting this whole thing over, God allowed what we did to stand. We are the ones who made Satan. We are the ones who enabled Satan, who enabled Lucifer to leave his position in heaven, come into a fallen state, and rule the earth as Satan, the the God, lower G, of this world. We were originally intended to be God's, lower G, absolute rulers over this world, but mankind gave their dominion, authority, and power to Lucifer. So God created Lucifer, but Adam and Eve made Satan. They didn't create Satan in the sense that God had already created Lucifer as an angelic being. Adam and Eve made Satan who he was by giving him their power and authority. Most people believe that Satan is using a superior power and authority to oppress mankind. They see him as this huge, powerful being who is so much superior to any of us. This is reflected in television shows and horror movies. Satan and his de demons are portrayed as these strong, powerful beings. Most people see the devil as a superior as a superior being in power and authority. They don't understand that Lucifer lost his divinely delegated, God-given power the very instant he transgressed and became Satan. The devil is not using a superior power and authority against us. 
He's actually using the same power and authority that God gave mankind to rule and reign with over this earth. It's our own power and authority that he uses against us. On his own, Satan is powerless. He depends completely on physical human beings yielding to and empowering him. Even under the Old Covenant, Satan didn't have the power to control and dominate people. He has to use our own power and authority against us. It's only as we submit to him that Satan is able to do anything. Okay, a lot of good stuff in here. Let me try to make some remarks uh, to uh, pick it back on. Uh, the first thing is, you know, um, on the second paragraph, Satan knew he, he couldn't overpower God in a direct confrontation. However, he saw how God gave Adam and Eve unconditional authority. If they, on their own free will, yielded to him, they would transfer that authority over to him as well. You know, uh, Paul talks about this, I think, in Romans chapter 8, I think it is, maybe chapter 6. But whoever, whoever you obey, you become his servant. You know, and uh, the, second, uh, the second heading here that Sherry read is Satan needs submission. You know, and he ends, he ends with, uh, you know, on his own, on his own, Satan is powerless. He depends completely on physical human beings yielding and empowering him. Even under the old covenant, Satan didn't have the power and control to dominate people. He has he has he has to use our own power and authority against us. It's only as we submit to him that Satan is able to do anything. You know, Satan's number one weapon, if you want to call it that, is deception. Yes, he's a liar. Yes, he's a thief. Yes, he's out to kill, so destroy. But he has no authority. He only has authority that we give him. But if we, he can deceive us, and he's used TV, he's used media, he's used all these vampire and, and wicked shows, excuse me, even religious Christian shows, and teachings and comics and different things through the years to show that Satan's some powerful foe. And he's not. He's not. He, but he only has the power that we give to him. You know, and then there's this whole concept, you know, we created Satan. Man created Satan. God created Lucifer. But, but man, through the fall, created Satan. Not as, and, not, and he expl Andrew explains that. Not, we didn't create Lucifer. But we did make who Lucifer became by giving him our authority. It started with Adam and Eve. And it's, and, and yet, you know, we blame Adam and Eve, and yet we have all done the same thing. We have all yielded to Satan. We have all given place to him. We have all partaken of the forbidden fruit. You know, we've all done the same thing. So we, you know, Every time you point your finger back at finger at someone, you got three pointing right back at you. So you know it just uh, we and you know Satan has no authority in your life, in your finances, in your health, or anything else that you don't give him. Now, you might not be able to control a temptation coming to you any more than you can control a, a, a sickness coming to you. But you don't have to keep it. You don't have to own it. It doesn't have to resonate in your your, your body, in your mind. And we said this many times, but you know, you you can't control whether a bird is going to fly over your head, but you can control whether that bird is going to make a nest in your hair. 
Yeah, I know I don't have much to work with here, but still the, the point is, you know, uh, you can't control a temptation, a thought coming in, but you can control whether you give place to that temptation. Uh, you know, you can't control whether, you know, a, some bacteria or sickness comes to you, but you can control whether that's going to stay. So some days I can't control whether a spider's going to come in this house, but, you know, uh, that spider's not going to stay in this house, especially if she's around. Uh, she's going to make me get that spider, even though I have to, uh, whatever I got to do. No one's going to bed until we kill that spider. At the same point in time, you know, we, and I know this is a foreign thought to most people that don't look at it <coughs> from this perspective, but Satan can only operate by the submission that we give him. And how does, but he's used many things through the years to deceive us into thinking that Satan has authority. He does not. He's not some powerful guy. He He's using the authority that man gave him. Most people believe that Satan is using a superior power and authority to oppress mankind. They see him in this huge, excuse <coughs> me, powerful being who is so much superior to any of us. That is reflected in, in television shows and horror movies. Satan and his demons are portrayed as these strong, powerful beings. Most people see the devil as a superior being in power and authority. You know, um, something else I was going to piggyback on here. Um, uh, it's our own power and authority that he uses against us. You know, I think there's two parts of this. First of all, most people don't, <coughs> don't understand what we were given. Some of us have never been taught. Some of us don't even know what authority we have. First of all, as humans. Second of all, as believers. And then if we don't even know what we have, we don't even know what's ours. We don't, some of us don't even realize what Satan has taken from us. And he's using our own power because we're deceived. You know, there's one thing about deception. Is that you can't know you're deceived. You can't, you can never say, make the statement, I know I'm deceived. Because if you know it, you're not deceived. It doesn't work that way. You can't have it any more than you can have dry water or, or cold fire. You know, it just, you can't be deceived and know it. But many of us are deceived into thinking that we don't have any authority and Satan has all this authority. It's backwards. It's backwards. That's a deception. And so hopefully this is making sense. And uh, I tried looking at, uh, <coughs> uh, like, I couldn't find it. But there is a Bible verse uh, that that says that the same way that Satan deceived Adam and Eve in Genesis is his, is his same weapon he uses now. And, you know, it, it all ties into how Andrew is just helping us see that Satan is not this supreme, superior, excuse me, being that's so powerful when he's not. You know, someone asked me not too long ago, uh, well, can Satan read my mind? 
Satan is not God. He's not all-knowing. He is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. Uh, you know, there's Bible verses that say he's roaming the earth, uh, seeking whom he may devour. Um, he, he's, he's not all-knowing. Uh, he, he's not all-powerful. Uh, their question actually was, can, can, well, one, can Satan read their mind, but also can Satan understand when we speak in tongues? Absolutely not. Tongues was a gift from God. It is not demonic. has nothing to do with Satan. It is a spiritual tongue that our spirit can talk to, to God and vice versa. There is no way Satan uh, can do that. The first year I shared was thinking about, and I was thinking about this earlier too. Second Corinthians 11, verses 2 to 4. <coughs> this is Paul writing. He says, For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you to as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear that somehow, as this, this, the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupt in the simplicity that is in Christ. For <coughs> if he who comes, preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. Or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Paul was jealous over us with a godly jealousy. That the same way Satan deceived Eve, we are deceived by hearing a different Jesus, a different gospel, a different spirit, and putting up with it. And that he was jealous for the godly jealousy. Paul's using as strong language as he can to, to, to behoove us to not be deceived. Satan is using the same trick, the same plot, ploy that he did in the garden with all of us. And he uses religion, he uses Christian religion, he uses other things to deceive us. I think in many different things. But <coughs> one of the things he, he deceives us is thinking what we're talking about is that he has authority and we don't. And that is false. And so, um, I mean, even with, even with Eve, he deceived her into thinking... If you partake of this fruit, you'll become like God. They were already like God. They were created in his likeness and his image. They were already like God. He deceived them to thinking they had to become something they weren't. And, and Satan will use religion for you and your own strength to try to become something that you already are in Christ. That's deception. It's the same deception. Sherry, you got something? Uh... That was really good. It wasn't the verse that I had actually thought of. Cause it, the verse I was thinking of, I'm pretty sure spells it out. Um, but that's okay. What, what? Just, I'm, I'm glad that that you're hearing our hearts. That Satan's war weapons are the same as when he was in the Garden of Eden and deceived Adam and Eve. He came. To steal, kill, and destroy. He came to uh, 
still the the birthright, so to speak, the, the authority that, that and dominion that God gave Adam and Eve, that he gave mankind. Uh, and because he got thwarted, uh, he, he still, you know, he still comes around to, to steal whatever he can, um, to lie and deceive us so that, I mean, just look at the, the three temptations of Jesus when Jesus was in the desert. He did everything he could to, to deceive Jesus into, uh, stealing, uh, his, his purpose, uh, way, uh, Satan still would try to steal Jesus's purpose and, um, and being the Messiah, you know, and you're like, well, how did, how did Satan know that Jesus was the Messiah? Well, hello, John the Baptist just announced it to the world that here's the Lamb of God that takes away our sins. You know, here is, here is the, the Messiah. You know, he, he announced it. And so, uh, you know, it wasn't that uh, Satan knew in the beginning. I mean, when Jesus was born and Satan used... Uh, What's the king, the bad king, who tried to kill Jesus when he was a baby? He killed all the kids. Herod. Herod. Thank you. My mind just went blank. But Saint, I mean, in this next section that we're going to read about Satan uses needing a body to use, Herod was a great example because Satan put it in his heart, in Herod, to Herod's heart, to to kill Jesus when he was born because he didn't want. Jesus to grow up to be the Messiah uh, and and take over how they thought Jesus was going to take over. And so because uh, they didn't know which baby was Jesus, Herod was like, we'll just kill all all the boy children from two years old and down. We, I just want to make sure that that we get everyone just to make sure it's done. Um, you know, and, and it obviously didn't happen. Jesus... Uh, grew up and thrived to be uh, the the Lamb of God that, that John proclaimed. Right. Let's keep reading a little bit more. I think we have a little more time, right? Yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, we're good. So, a demon needs a body. The devil and his demons, as spirit beings, have no power or authority on this earth apart from physical human beings yielding it to them. Consider the example of Jesus casting out the demons in Luke 8. When the Lord commanded the unclean spirit out of a man, the demons identified themselves as legion because they were many. Luke 8.30 They begged Jesus, don't cast us out into the deep, but send us into that nearby herd of swine. When the demons entered these 2,000 pigs, this herd immediately took off running, jumped off a steep cliff, and drowned themselves in a lake. Uh, that was verse 31 through 33. De demons are looking for a physical body, a willing vessel. They need somebody who will submit to them. The power that the devil or any other demon uses against us is our own. Satan has zero angelic spiritual power. All his authority comes from man. The only reason Satan exists and functions is because people cooperate with and empower him. That's why he always seeks to inhabit a body. Even a pig has more authority on earth than a demon. An ant, a fly, or a snail has more power on this earth than Satan. 
because they have physical bodies. He is absolutely powerless to do anything unless he can get a physical body to cooperate with him. Yeah, uh, we're going to expand on that in the next couple sections here. But, uh, you know, um, it just, it's all self-explanatory. I mean, look at Satan, look at the fall. Satan used a serpent. <laughs> you know, he didn't have any authority. He didn't, uh, and so um, Satan will oppress, possess, whatever he's got to do, inspire, uh, tempt you, whatever he can. He has to use a body without it. Man has authority. He doesn't have any authority, and you know he can. He has to use a body. He has to have a something. And I like how he brings it out. Even um, a pig, an ant, a fly has more authority on this earth than Satan does. You know, Satan cannot do anything without a body, and and so um, he has no authority. He has no way to do anything. Otherwise, he's it just you know. I was thinking, you know, how he's a evil spirit. Well, the Bible says in First Corinthians 15 that we are like given spirits. And so, uh, and so, um, you know, but these like given spirits have a body. And one day we're going to get a new body. And so, and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But we have to have a body. And we're a like given spirit, but, you know, when we die, you know, Paul, for example, let me just use him. I could use any Bible character. Paul doesn't have any authority on this earth anymore. We still glean from his teachings that he left on this earth. But, and so, in one sense, his words have ink, and so they have, there's a, a body form in a sense of, of if we can put it in that, in that perspective. But he doesn't have any authority. He can't cast a demon out of anything. He can't preach the gospel. He can't do anything. He's already preached the gospel. When we read his letters, uh, so to speak, we his words are continuing in that in that way. But he can't. He doesn't have the authority to do anything in this earth. Now he's not dead. He's his spirit wants to go be with the Lord, and so that's where he's at. But he has no authority on this planet and this earth. In bodily form, because he doesn't have a body. Same, it's, it's the same thing with Satan. He, different. He's not. He's not a man. He doesn't have a life-giving spirit. He is an evil spirit, and he is a just a fallen angel <coughs> who has no authority at all. And I mean, if we ever had a real image of Satan, it was. I think it was Wigglesworth or someone else who. He was praying or doing whatever, and he, he had a Satan showed up, and he goes, "Oh, it's just you." And so he just went back to doing what he was doing. I don't know if he was sleeping or what. I can't remember the story, but uh, anyway, you know, Satan is nobody. Isn't nobody, but he can only use the authority we have given him, or he has stolen our influence in somebody else. So, and and, and don't and and don't. You know, be be like, oh my gosh! You know, how can you say that about me? I, I haven't given Satan anything. It's not like we go walk up to him and say, "Hey, Satan, look what I have for you! I'm giving you this freely." He deceives us. So many doors are opened by us not realizing that we've opened the door to Satan and given him authority. You know, there there's so many times. I mean. 
there's an example, and I forget which book of Andrews it's in, and it could it could be in God Once You Will, but I'm not sure. But but Andrew knew this girl, she was on fire for God, and she got it in her head to pray, Well, God, give me this sickness so that I can be a better witness and and, and reach the world. God God doesn't do that. But that was a twisted way of giving in to Satan to, to have this sickness come on her. Did people come to the Lord because of uh, her? Yes, you know, at the funeral or, what, or whatever. But her impact could have been greater had she had uh, not opened that door to, to Satan. You know, there's there's people that that allow their kids to read certain books or watch certain movies, and those books or those movies um, have such a a bad uh, thing in them, a witchcraft or whatever. Oh, it's just Harry Potter. Oh, it's okay. I love the movie too. Uh, we don't. We I, I've never seen it, and I won't allow it in my house. But people have allowed that in their in their homes, and children have nightmares. They get all into these twisted belief systems, all because that door has opened for Satan to deceive and put that that thought process in that child's head. Someone might uh, have someone do something to them, and they could either forgive them and move on, or get offended. And, and bitter and Satan uses that door to to open up and do when you're stewing on it and just getting all hot under the collar and mad and and wanting to react you know eye for eye tooth for tooth I'm gonna get you because you got me that's that's a deception that Satan's using to put his his foothold in your, in your life yeah, that's good God is the author of all power and authority. When he created mankind, he gave Adam and Eve dominion over the earth. Genesis 1, 26-28. God gave us, physical human beings, power and authority to rule this world. Authority is simply the right to use power. God gave that right to use power to Adam and Eve. Basically, God said... Here's my power. Now I give you the right to use my power. Everything I have created will respond to you. God is a spirit, John 4.24. Satan is a spirit too, Ephesians 2.2. He doesn't have a physical body, which means that he can't come and make anyone do anything. First, he must gain the cooperation. Many Christians see Satan as an angelic being with godlike supernatural power and authority over man. They see him coming and overpowering them when the truth is that the devil can't force them to do anything. He lost his power when he rebelled at God. The only power and authority Satan is functioning under now is human power and authority. It takes your cooperation for the devil to do anything in your life. That's why he seeks whom he may devour. Satan doesn't have the authority and power to devour you unless you quit obeying God and yield yourself to sin. Romans 6.16 says that when you yield yourself to sin, you're actually yielding yourself to the author of that sin, which is Satan. 
Satan can't just come in and destroy you without your cooperation. But when you sin, you are empowering the devil. A lot here, and I'm sorry this is just repetitive, but I'm just going to piggyback a couple of things real quick. You know, basically God said to man, here's my power. Now I give you the right to use my power. Everything I have created will respond to you. That's awesome if you guys get a hold of that. It's so true. Uh, you know, God gave us power. Uh, even even Re Revelation 5, 9, and 10, he said he's redeemed us by his blood, and he's made us kings and priests to reign on the earth. And that's New Testament. That's New Covenant. And so, and then, you know, uh, again, it says many Christians see Satan as an angelic being with God-like supernatural power and authority over man. They see him coming, overpowering them with when the truth is that the devil can't force them to do anything. He lost his power when he rebelled at God. The only power and authority Satan is functioning under <coughs> now is human power and authority. He has no power. He's been stripped. You know, he can't just destroy you with without your cooperation. But when you sin, you are actually empowering the devil. You're giving it a little Satan. And so, which we've been talking about the last several weeks, you know, and so um, Satan does not have any power. God gave that power to us. Um, man gave that power through deception. God gave that man gave that power to Satan. But Christ has redeemed that back, and we're going to be talking about that very soon here. But uh, Satan cannot use anything that we did not. We don't give Christ to him. I don't have to submit to Satan. I don't have to put up with him. I don't have to surrender to him. He must bow to the name of Jesus. He must bow to whatever I say in the name of Jesus. Because I've been baptized into the name of Jesus. The same goes for you. You know, we, we, uh, if not, we're not just flesh and blood anymore. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We are children of God. We are children of the light. We are children of the day. And so we have authority. Now, now the, the, the Bible says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you as a believer. So re remember that because that, I mean, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. We have this wellspring, this living water, this, this power in us. That, that God himself gave us. And you're like, but Andrew just said that God is a spirit and Satan is a spirit too. So of course Satan's powerful. Well, you're, you, 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 you're kind of twisting it because yes, they're both spirits. But God is, yeah, he's spirit, but he's God. He's the one who created everything. He's the one who gave the, the, the power to mankind, the authority. And Satan didn't have that. Satan can't create. Satan... I mean, I'm totally like, woohoo, Andrew, because you, he, I believe Andrew's explained it really, really well. I mean, we're, we're, we're uh, life-giving spirits, as, as, as Dave said. We're created in the image of God, but God created us. That's why we're not God, big G, with God. We are mankind, uh, little G, gods of uh, that that God gave power and authority to, but we're not 
God, capital G God. Um, so, you know, hopefully I explain that, that clearly so you're not like, huh? But just because Satan is a spirit too, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with Andrew that he has diddly squat uh, power. It actually reminds me of uh, my older two brothers growing up. Uh, you know, as kids, we all got in, in trouble, but my oldest brother was so frustrated because he... He's like, how come I'm always getting in trouble when my other brother isn't? And the the my, my parents finally had to say, look, the reason why you think you're getting more in trouble is because we hear you. You're the loudest. We can catch you because you're loud and you getting in trouble. My other brother was quiet, so a lot of times he didn't get caught in what he was doing. And so it seemed to my oldest brother that my oldest brother was always getting in trouble first, always getting the, the, the bulk of, be, of getting caught. And he, it's because he was the loudest. And it's the same way with Satan. He's loud. He's the deceiver. He's throwing in our face that, that you're sick or you have lack or whatever. And he's making someone's empty wallet scream, I'm empty. You don't have money. You're a loser. Well... Whoever has the loudest voice, a lot of times, uh, wins over the quiet ones. And it, it's just a way that Satan uses to deceive us when it's, there is, I didn't watch this show a lot, but I did watch uh, the end of one episode of Touched by an Angel that I will hopefully take with me uh, throughout my whole life. Uh, this this young couple was being attacked by Satan as this huge roaring lion and the angels came alongside the husband and they were going to go rescue the wife who was supposedly uh, Satan was going after and yet the the angels basically taught the, the, the husband that no, you have the authority. Just praise, praise God, and realize who you are in Him. And we're gonna, we're gonna go, you know, save your wife. And there's this, this husband was expecting that, you know, I'm shaking in my boots, but I'm doing what you're saying. You know, I'm, I'm praising God and, and trusting in Him. But I'm expecting this humongous lion that I'm gonna have to, you know, do like David and Goliath type thing, and. He stepped out his authority given by God and it showed Satan for who he was. He wasn't this humongous scary lion. He actually was this harmless kitten. And the the, the I loved seeing that, that bit of episode and I don't know the 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 this I never watched the show like as a show I watched. Uh, but it was something I had just happened to, to, to catch, but it just, it's such a good picture for, for me and hopefully for you to see that, uh, it's just like a trick of, of mirrors, so to speak, that Satan is being loud and deceptive when, uh, he's not, uh, someone, a friend of ours had posted a while ago on Facebook, the centipede and, you might not be into bugs and be like, Ugh. 
but the camera, whoever caught it, had caught the shadow of the centipede. So, you know, you're seeing this centipede that's only, you know, so big, but the shadow was like this big. And it, it's just, again, the deception of the enemy. There was a, a, a Bugs Bunny cartoon with Sylvester the cat that uh, Sylvester thought he was um, uh, going after, you know, this, this, uh, excuse me, I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm twisting. It wasn't Sylvester going after whatever this, this other character was going after Sylvester and Sylvester's just, you know, this pussycat, but there was an escaped panther, uh, in the cartoon. And so they, the, I think it was two dogs who were going after Sylvester and the, the, the little dog, uh, actually was was fighting Sylvester and, and won, but the big dog kept running into the panther who he thought was Sylvester, and so he was getting beat up. And so the big dog's like all scared and freaked out because you know his image was was this big scary you know panther cat, and the little dog was like, "What are you talking about? I'm just hitting this, you know. I'm just I got this like." cat that has no, you know, authority, since we're talking about believer's authority. And I get it was a silly cartoon, but the, the big dog actually was now like the, the servant or whatever to the little dog because he, his mind was deceived and messed up on who Sylvester really was. And yes, it turned out to be a panther and that's, not what I'm alluding to as Satan is, it's actually the reverse, exactly what Andrew's talking about, that Satan is just, you know, that that centipede with a really big shadow or the lion with the really loud voice. You know, someone had told me uh, years ago that when lions attack, like as their their pride, as they're going to, to, to get uh, their dinner, they not only go after the weakest one, but the weak and old lions roar and be loud so they scare the prey, or the young, strong lions are lying in wait so they can catch them when they jump out of the bushes. When the the old lions who are loud are just the the weakest of the bunch. All good stuff. So but we're out of time. So uh We'll pick it up here next week uh, for Believer's Authority. So we invite you to join us Sunday. I'm starting a new teaching series on experiencing the spirit of faith. I'm really excited about this new series. Anyway, uh, so join us Sunday morning. It'll be archived on our website and YouTube channel for those who follow us. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. We bless. We bless. Lord, our lives, we bless our families, our jobs, our country, in the name of Jesus. We bless you, in the name of Jesus. Have a good week, rest of the week, and we'll see you on Sunday. God bless.